You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Adam. Hey. Chris Scales. Sup. David Hall. It's crowded. Gregory Hectus. I made it. Nick Williams. Hey, everybody. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest Steve Sheehan. Glad to be here, guys. Hey, welcome. Boy, we got a full house uh, tonight. Thanks, for everybody, for coming. Uh, let's get to meet Steve Sheehan first. Uh, thanks for coming in, Steve. Uh, we like to ask uh, a bunch of questions of people uh, to get to know you a little bit. Uh, let's talk about when did you first hear the word iRacing, and then what did you do about it? I first heard about iRacing when I've been sim racing for a long time, since I was a little kid. So I heard about iRacing when I was still racing in uh, the Papyrus sim prior to it. So uh, we, we heard it was being produced by the same team, and I was one of the very initial group that were invited to beta test for them. Oh, that's awesome. So you're one of the day one kind of guys that was there at the beginning, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Well, good. Uh, now, you've been uh, had quite a, a career up and down through uh, iRacing over 10 years. Uh, looking at your stat page, uh, your iRating craft uh, really high, and then it kind of dwindles down, and then it looks like there's a period of inactivity, and then boom, it, uh, your iRating jumps up to where you're at right now. Uh, going into the uh, the 2020 season. So tell us a little bit about that journey and uh, what have you been doing those 10 years? Uh, well, the uh, the graph is, is spot on. It, I started, you know, fresh, one of the first groups and uh, was really dedicated, had a lot of time, um, got to the, the top oval series in the sim at the time, uh, which was the Drivers World Championship. And uh, then, then I started getting busy and I was unable to put the same amount of time into it. The I rating shows that as the graph goes down. And then finally, I, I relocated. I moved from New York to Charlotte, North Carolina. And then I lost what little time I had. And that's the inactivity for a few years. Uh, this past couple years, I started getting too much of an itch to be away and uh, threw, threw some money back back at this hobby and uh, wanted to see if I could get back to close to a level that I was. And that explains the high rate rating going back up, right? Yeah. And uh, with a overall winning percentage across those 10 years, 31%, that's a really big number. Uh, we, we have a lot of people that come on and that is a good number. So congratulations on that. Uh, so Obviously, you're in the, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say it now, the Coke series, and we're going to talk about uh, Coca-Cola being the new sponsor of the series that you're running, uh, the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, I believe is the name of it. Uh, you'll be in there, obviously, and uh, this is the reiteration of the series that you just talked about from 10 years ago. Uh, what is it like to be back? Uh, first, tell us about that, and then what other series are you running, or are you just focused on that? Uh, it feels awesome to be back. It's it's just such an accomplishment in itself just to be able to uh, get my feet wet again and be be as competitive as I am. All, all these all these guys that are in it now at you know the level of talent 
and dedication it takes is is it mirrors what it was back then. Uh, the sim is a little different. The way it drives is a little different, but uh, it's it's just as competitive. So it feels really really good to be back at that level. Uh, I see some faces I remember, some nostalgia going on. So some guys are getting back into it this season along with me. Uh, that I that I do have history with and I remember and some guys I'll be racing for the first time this season. Luckily, we were all able to uh, meet each other a couple weeks ago because iRacing was able to bring us all together and meet face to face, which is an awesome opportunity, especially for for the younger guys. And uh, I'm really looking forward to probably winning some races, I would hope. Absolutely. Uh, you were looking pretty good in the clash. We'll talk about that later. Uh, let's talk about your hardware setup. What are you racing with for wheel pedals, uh, your monitor or VR, that kind of thing, and then third-party software? Uh, wheel pedals, I'm using Fanatec, uh, CSL Elite wheel. I think it's, uh, I think it's an 11-inch wheel. And uh, the Club Sport pedals, uh, V3 or V2, one of those. Um, and nothing crazy with those. I don't run too much force feedback. And uh, the monitors, I actually between computer and monitors, I'm I'm a big Nvidia guy, so um, monitors are Asus, uh, all Rogue Strix stuff. Um, I'm just big on Nvidia. I love all their products, so uh, it's pretty much all that stuff. And uh, a big part of me coming back, I, I wanted to make sure that. I invested and I really enjoyed my time. I, I didn't want to cut any quarters. I didn't want to struggle with with computer issues or overheating. So I, I kind of went all out and uh, kind of ignored my bank statements for a little while as I bought some stuff and put these computers together that I use. Um, and it's a good time. I, I enjoy it. All right. Very good. Um, what did you start out with 10 years ago for hardware? 10 years ago, I started off with... It was probably about the same size monitor and it was probably still, um, it was probably not as good as the monitors now, but not much has changed. The main difference was the wheel and pedals that I was using then was a, a Thomas super wheel, which is TSW. And for anyone that's been in the NASCAR side of sim racing, papyrus sims, um, especially in the States, they know what TSW is. It's basically a household name to anyone that's been in it for a while. So I used that for as long as I could. Uh, and then I kind of hopped on the bandwagon at Fanatec and I've been using that since, but, uh, I might be, I might be getting my hands on another TSW and give that a go again here soon. Okay. Very good. Um, let's talk about the team setup. but first of, first of all, Kyle Larson, uh, eSports, I believe is what he calls it, uh, which is a brand new team uh, to the Coke series. Um, who is your contact over there? Have you talked to Kyle yet or how's that gone? Uh, we've been, and obviously everybody knows Kyle's an absolute wheel man. You pretty much have to try to find him in between races that he's doing or, you know, winning and stuff like that. So um, there's a couple contacts over there that we're all in good communication with between myself, uh, my teammate, Bob, who also signed old friend. I've known Bob for over 15 years. Um, and communication is great. Um, we're getting our, we're getting our cars, the paints are getting done. And, um, it's really cool to be a part of a new team and have, 
have Kyle come in. He's a sim racer himself. He has a sim rig, the whole the whole nine. Um, so uh, when he does have time, he's he's probably racing on the internet too. So uh, it's cool to be representing them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he knows what's up too. I uh, one of his famous quotes that I always bring up is he says, "Sim racing is more competitive than real NASCAR," and it is. Um, and he knows it, but, uh, tell us about Bob Bryant. Uh, we've had him on the show recently as well. And, uh, he is a a veteran uh, as well from a long time ago. Uh, when the announcement came out and, you know, I'm trying to pick my favorites as a fan, I love Kyle Larson and I'm thinking, Oh, I'm an old guy. Here's a couple old guy veterans that are going to be paired up. Uh, how does that matchup work with you and Bob? Well, Bob and I go way, way back. Uh, cool story about Bob and I is probably one of the first broadcasted sim races ever. Um, it wasn't any video. It was just a radio broadcast. I was about 12. I'm 34 now. I was about 12 or 13 years old then. Um, and so was Bob and Bob was actually one of the announcers. So that's, that's just how far we go back. So we, we've been in this for a long time and, um, our, uh, our outlook and our passion and uh, what we what we see from sim racing uh, and our experiences it all mirrors each other and we, we very much have the same outlook on a, a lot of different things and the same opinion and we also have the same goals and we know each of us both want to win we're you know we're here we're here back and doing something we love after both of us took a long break and um, it's going to be really fun being able to, uh, race with him as a teammate, but, uh, you know, we are, uh, we'll always be competitors first, just like anybody else. So it'll be fun racing against him again. Okay, great. Let's hear about the team behind the scenes. The one helping you put the setup to get underneath the car. Uh, who are you working with there? Uh, who's, uh, behind the wrenches and, uh, how is that working for coming up for the, you know, the next race? Well, the team behind the scenes, um, it really consists of, it's it just like, uh, it, you know, anybody, anybody that's been in sim racing or any online gaming community knows there's, there's usually little, little groups that hang out for a long time to befriend each other. So, um, there's a, there's a core group of us that have been around for a long time, all hanging out, playing different games. The ones that work on setups for iRacing and our racing, it's myself, Bob, John Gorlinski, and Jeremy Allen. We work together on our way through Road to Pro, through Pro, and we we all all four of us uh, got into you know where we are where we are now, and uh, we're pretty proud of that. We're looking to be just as competitive, uh, you know, going forward. So, um, I mean, there's a big group of guys on on Drill Out. They're you know just like anywhere else. They're all probably hanging out on Drill Out Team Speak right now, and uh, they, they'll always be rooting for each other and it's really fun to just be able to have a core group of us back in the series it's fun well i figured you guys were going to be recruited by the established teams but it sounds like you're just uh uh going in on your own um how does that feel i mean going in against all those teams that have been there so long and they have the big ranks of people behind them you know churning out sets and stuff well i mean i and bob bob and i both with how everything is going and how everything is evolving in sim racing, you're, you're going to have new teams come in. You're going to have, there's, there's varying levels of, um, 
knowledge of sim racing. Some teams are some teams are coming in. They really don't have too much knowledge of a lot of the community part in sim racing. They they have knowledge of what they see on reports and the internet and uh, the the business side. You know, i racing. Um, I, what they see at what they read on the website, but um, a lot of them don't really know the history and know a lot to it. So there's going to be varying levels of knowledge and a lot of, you know, a lot of times this year, some of these guys are, are might have to teach their team a little bit, especially the new ones that are in, which, which is awesome. Uh, it's, it's good to have them coming in and wanting to be involved. I think it's good for everybody all around. So it, it feels good to have one of the new teams pick Bob and I both up. I think it's going to pay dividends for them just having two guys that are, uh, you know, quote unquote veterans compared to some of the guys that have only been here a few years. Bob and I have seen ups and downs in sim racing and how it's evolved. And um, Bob and I have experience seeing how, how the way we act and the way you handle yourself and is no different than real racing. If you go out there and you're a tool, you're going to be known that way and it's going to affect your experience. And Bob and I know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I'm excited for you guys and the Kyle Larson, Larson eSports uh, entries. Uh, I think you guys have a good shot. Um, you, you're really hot coming off the, the Pro Series. Uh, um, all of you guys. I mean, John Gorlinski, too, and he just won the, the Clash, obviously. Or, or, excuse me, he didn't win the Clash, but um, he, he's been running real well. You know, and then Bob's running well as well, uh, the last part of the Pro Series. So I think you guys are uh, kind of set up well going into this Coke uh, 2020 season. Uh, let's jump into the uh, NASCAR, uh, e, uh, E-NASCAR news of the week. But uh, first, Steve, tell us, you know, if people want to follow you on your racing through this season, are you on Twitch uh, doing a channel or are you on Twitter, that kind of thing? Yep, you can find me at Twitter at uh, Steve Sheehan Zero, the number zero. And on Twitch, I do also stream at, uh, it's just, Steve Sheehan. And usually if you start typing Steve in, Steve Sheehan, you'll see a cartoon with yellow sunglasses come up and that's my channel. Okay, very good. Um, so let's go through the the week of eNASCAR because there was a lot going on um, as we get into the race that's coming up here shortly. So uh, in chronological order, we first got uh, Matt Weaver uh, put out an article uh, about eNASCAR. Now, Matt Weaver is a, uh, a NASCAR writer, and he posted on AthlonSports.com um, a bunch of information. And um, he talked about first the Pro League was averaging fifty to 70,000 views per stream, which I thought was a pretty high number. I had no idea it was that high. Um, he also talked about the sanctioning body in enjoying a partnership with iRacing since 2009, um, and that, that partnership has reached a crescendo in October when they, uh, aired on NBC, uh, the flag flag coverage of that hundred thousand uh, dollar, championship from Homestead. Um, Steve Myers, uh, recalls conversations with the late Bill France Jr. Over the vision of a future in which digital racers would someday compete on the internet for authentic NASCAR championship. The quote is this. I think people forget that NASCAR start, started its eSport vision 10 years ago with iRacing, Meyer says. They were groundbreaking in recognizing what this could be, 
that you could put anyone behind the wheel of a stock car. Every other sport has an E-League, but they could but they can't put you in the batter's box of an MLB stadium or have you catch a pass on an NFL field. NASCAR saw from day one a way to connect fans to their actual product. So I thought that was interesting uh, that I had no idea that Bill French Jr. was uh, had anything to, or he had any knowledge of e-racing. Uh, it goes on, the article goes on to say Dale Jr. Uh, has been highly influential in adding legitimacy to esports and e-racing as a concept over the past two decades. Uh, it also talks about William Byron and his uh, path. And uh, let's see what else it says here. Um, but anyway, a very good article by Matt Weaver uh, that got a lot of NASCAR fans to read it. Um, and I, it really gives us some great exposure. So uh, thank you to Matt. All right, let's look. keep going. Uh, Bobby Zielinski, uh, he posted up, he got his third place trophy uh, for the last season of 2019. It's not a bad looking trophy, but it just happens to be the last uh, peak eNASCAR trophy. So uh, now that peak is done. It's uh, it's good to see. I wonder what they'll come up with this year, but that's a nice nice trophy, even though it's not for a, you know, a major win. Coke bottle, maybe? <laughs> Is it like the Coke 600 trophy, like a monster? Maybe they do something like that. That's for Dover that gives the monster. Oh, yeah. All right, next up was uh, Jim Beaver uh, Esports. uh, Shows off their Fords for Michael G. And uh, who is that, Eric Smith? Can't tell by the tweet handle. Let's see here. It is, uh, I don't know. Who's the driver for for Beaver Sports? I can't uh, remember, but anyway... They got a little video there that shows off the paint jobs. It's a nice, uh, quick, quick video to show their cars. Eric Smith, that is the correct name. Okay, I was just kind of hesitant. Yeah, it was there. Eric Smith. Yeah. And Michael Garigula. I'm still trying to get his name quite right, but uh, they got sponsors: Polaris Razor, uh, Vision Wheel, and uh, nice paint jobs. They do have offsetting colors, uh, black and orange on each one, and they kind of offset each other. So that's cool. I like the uh, the background beat that they did for that song. It was a pretty good video. And then Denny Hamlin, he tweeted out, uh, fresh team, fresh paint for Casey Kerwin and Keegan Leahy. Um, boy, I love the Air Jordan car, the the light, the kind of bright blue with a, maybe a carbon fiber look. And you've got the Michael Jordan logo across the side right behind the number. I mean, it looks sharp. You know what is a sharp looking car? It's, on track it's too. the texture of a basketball. Yep, they look good on track. The uh, that Jordan car, that that brand in general, just seeing that on the side of a car is a good recognition right there. And then Keegan's got a red with that same pa- uh, dark pattern that looks like a basketball, but it says Direct Force Pro as a sponsor. Now is that the uh, the VRS wheel? I believe they branded it as a Direct Force Pro. So is this like a just a VRS sponsorship with their actual hardware versus their software? I don't know. Good point. Good question. But the little logo thing right before it looks like an A and an F. Acuforce? I think it's <laughs> an Acuforce know. program. Well, that's uh, that's um, Sim Commander. I think because Keegan Leahy is one of the coaches for VRS. Right. He and wouldn't he was, be trying to sell Acuforce. He's the odd man out um, between Ray and Zelensky who went with the VRS team. So I'm thinking that is... A DF there, it is kind of hard the way it tapers down. Could but be. I'm thinking that's going to be the logo and the branding for the VRS will. Um, just kind of my my thoughts on that. 
They also got right. their own little swag here, too. They got their personalized shirts for the Denny Hamlin brand. Oh, yeah. And then Michael Jordan on the other co- corner. And they have their numbers on the shirt. The Direct Force Pro is more or less the, the innards of uh, what's inside uh, the uh, the wheels with forces. It basically controls how the forces work and how they're cooled. That, everything that goes inside. It's basically like a, a motherboard for a computer. All right, cool. Uh, the next announcement was finally, finally, less than seven days before the next, the beginning race, we get a sponsor announcement for the eNASCAR iRacing World Championship, and it's Coca-Cola. And it started with NASCAR tweeting out that Coca-Cola is the entitlement sponsor for NASCAR iRacing Series with a prize pool of $300,000 and live telecast on NBCSN. So what do you guys think? I mean, big news, a great sponsor. I mean, I can't think of a better company that is this more, it couldn't be more perfect. I I agree. Couldn't be uh, more perfect, even though I'm a little biased about it. Yeah, since you work for Coke, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stare out the mirror every day and see it in the back. Might be a reason I didn't get a pay raise this winter. Yeah, but maybe you can get some some, uh, comp tickets. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Now remember... Coke is a, a title sponsor of NASCAR, too. Remember, they're splitting it amongst like four or five companies. And so it sounds like they were able to just tag this on and spend a little bit more and, and get this series. So uh, I think it's great. It's always been weird how Coke, you know, Coke has a lot of money in their branding and they've been like secondary sponsors and, and, and in the background a lot. Um, I mean, they do do all the, the NASCAR, the drivers, and they'd sponsor it that way. But it's the first time that they've actually taken the reins and, and, and put their name out there for events. I know they did the, the Coke, you know, they have the one race that was sponsored by Coke. But this is, it's interesting to see a full series or multiple series now being sponsored by it. I, uh, I, you guys know we talk in chat, and I've said it was going to be Coke Energy was uh, who I was kind of thinking it was going to be for, I'd say, a little over a month or so now. And, uh, I'm just surprised they branded it at with full Coca-Cola and not the Coke Energy. I think that shows just how much they uh, value this. Because I think if they branded an energy drink um, with a gaming thing, it just looks like they're selling an uh, energy drink to gamers. But this is actually full-on Coca-Cola, not Coke Energy. It's not, I would say, a fad or anything. This is The full company, I think that just shows the value of what iRacing and eNASCAR bring um, to their name brand to actually have coca-cola there and not coke energy and potential longevity too because it is a multi-year deal and when we come out with new products you don't know if that product's going to take off and stick around so it's pretty smart of them to go with the main main product that we have is regular coke i have a question is steve are you still here oh yeah the uh did you guys know about this ahead of time like was there rumblings with this or did you guys all get surprised by the announcement as well uh, we didn't know any specifics. We didn't know. We knew it was going to be a new title sponsor. Um, it, what, the funny part was when we all when we all got flown and met in Charlotte. Like everybody met each other. We met iRacing. Um, you know, we were reminded there's going to be a new title sponsor. So naturally, all of us uh, we started looking around because we wanted to see any hints that we could. So. Uh, I mean, we, we may have gotten some hints, but uh, nothing was ever told. So we, we were waiting for the news just like anybody. Yeah, I think Ray Alfalo actually posted a picture 
of him holding a Coke that was taken while he was in Charlotte. But uh, he finally posted that up. But anyway, uh, yeah, that is great. And now 100000 of that 300000 is for the winner. So the winner gets a hundred k, guys. You can make a living on this now if you're the winner. That's crazy. That's someone's crazy. gonna go. Someone's gonna walk away with, you know, a great earnings for, you know, that's for over. It could be over a couple years earnings, but for mm-hmm. one season. Yeah, and Dale Jr. Uh, quickly piped in. Awesome to see such incredible support for iRacing in its top oval series. Huge for all involved. Peak Auto was a great partner for the series for years. A new chapter begins. I'm glad he's supporting it, though, because he's usually a Pepsi guy, if you know his sponsors. Well, he's a Mountain Dew brand. His, mm-hmm. He's not totally Pepsi. He's the Mountain Dew section of it. Yeah, at least he's nice enough to say something about it. And he was one of the first ones who piped in on Twitter uh, when NASCAR made the announcement. Uh, iRacing did uh, put out an article as well. Uh, Justin Melillo, uh, who's been on the show recently, he did remind us that uh, the series runs normally on Tuesdays, but the final six races, those dates are actually Thursday, and that's the ones that are going to be televised. Uh, Steve, tell us about you know the idea of running on NBC. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, uh, I don't think anyone is going to feel any more nervous or anything like that, so that, that won't affect anything. Uh, but it, it's it's going to be awesome. It's it's going to be um, kind of a weird part of s- scheduling, of course. Uh, but that's all that's all just broadcasting stuff, obviously. And I think the the exposure is going to be amazing. You know, it's just it's the route that it's the train that sim racing is on right now, and um, this kind of exposure that i racing and NASCAR and and you know people like sponsors like Coke. Um, and you know, broadcast companies, what they're doing is pretty amazing. So it's, it's going to be cool racing on NBC. Uh, it's not going to be anything different for most of us that have been doing it for a while though, honestly. Okay. And the schedule, um, Justin Melillo also posted that up, but, uh, it goes from 18 to 20 races. Uh, no real surprises. I, as I look at it, it does kind of follow the regular NASCAR schedule, um, the last four playoff races, Charlotte, Roval, Kansas, Texas, and then Phoenix. And that's November 1st for the season finale. It's interesting to see them obviously increasing it um, and then obviously broadcasting. Do you think we get to the point where they actually go to a full schedule, like a full amount of races and do it week by week following the actual series someday? I don't know, because they're the way they've got it right now, they're able to alternate with the Road to Pro. But that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe there's, do they really need, you know, they can still do the road to pro on a different night. Like I'm saying, like down the road, do you think it gets more competitive? I know with only 18 to 20 races, they at least hit every track once. So they don't have, you know, they're not duplicating a lot, but it's just, it's, it seems like the more they increase, you know, the more the sponsorship maybe get there, yeah, the that's more it. that they might do it, right? Yeah. It's all about money because you now Coke's here now, they want return on investment. Uh, the other sponsors who are sponsoring these cars, they want re- a return on investment. They're going to want more broadcast, and th- that's what's going to drive it. Is um, you know, if they if, the, if there's enough sponsorship, NBC will want to broadcast the entire season, you know, and then they'll pu- they'll push for it, and that's where it really comes from. I don't think that will force them to have to go to 
to every week, though. I mean, right now the real NASCAR series is, or the, they're uh, actually contracting a little and cutting a weekend out. Uh, you know, they run a lot longer than than those guys do. Um, I just, I think that they'll be happy with the, the, the way they've got it. They may go for more broadcasts, but I don't think it's necessarily necessary to add more races, especially considering you don't have to worry about keeping a track viable. You don't have to go to a track twice to make it profitable, like well, you this- in the real world. The NASCAR schedule in 2022 is rumored to be cut or be over at the beginning of football season. And if that's true, uh, that's going to be very condensed. And then maybe it's a whole different story. I think they just don't, they shouldn't saturate the market. I think right now a race every two weeks is a good sweet spot. If it was on every week, it wouldn't really be as special anymore. I think for a lot of people, I think it's like, well, if I miss this week, I'll just catch next week's race. Um, I'm I'm think the schedule's perfect as is. Um, they do have the Road to Pro Series running on those alternate weeks. I think with a podium broadcasting those this year, I think for the hardcore sim racers who want to watch a, a broadcasted race every night, um, they'll have their fill there. And I think there'll be just as much drama at that level as well, if not even more. So I think it's at a sweet spot. I, I would fear if they put too many more races, it would just get to the point where it's not as special anymore. It's just another weekly event. And even though some of the prize money may may make this a job that pays the bills for some, some of these guys are still working jobs. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Chris Overland, he actually uh, started practicing. He put up a video talking about getting ready for the Daytona race, uh, but he had to take a good swig of his uh, Coke at the end of the video, he didn't quite get the label pointed to the camera quite right there, Steve. Uh, have you guys been practicing uh, doing your, your Coke swigs? <laughs> no, uh, I haven't. Um, I've been getting my practice, making sure I, I buy it. Uh, so that's going to be the, that's for some of us, that's just going to be, you know, realistically, I just need to make sure I buy it now with, with, you know, a camera in our face literally while we're racing all the time um you know i, I can't just uh i can't just take a drink of anything i need to actually uh make <laughs> don't sure have I, a pepsi <laughs> i need to make sure i you know it's water or you can't have your, you can't, you can't have your scotch there huh well <laughs> i mean every, even the even the exactly that, that's what i was gonna say even the bottled water i mean before i still have like two things, you know, I'm one of those guys that buys a huge thing of bottled water in bulk. I had to rip all the labels off my 30 bottles of water downstairs just so I don't make the mistake of drinking the wrong thing on, on my stream now. Just got to get a Coke-branded water bottle. You'll be all right. The uh, the other thing is, is Coke wasn't the only thing he was advertising in this video. He's got enough labels on him for all the things for the Wood Brothers there. Let's talk about the camera since you brought it up now. Mike Conti did put on Twitter that... Um, the series has actually supi- supplied webcams uh, to the drivers. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Steve. And obviously, you're being careful with labels. Yeah, of course. It's all it's all part of the exposure. And um, you know, they they iRacing, racing. Um, everyone involved just wants to make sure this is a simulation. We 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 want to put out a professional looking product. And I think uh, I think it's a smart move for for them to send cameras out and when we're doing these these streams of these races uh whether it's whether it's nationally broadcasted on tv or or a youtube or twitch or whatever the platform um to be able to show off the level of 
interaction that just the the level of um, what we can do with technology uh, to have a camera watching us just wheel the car while you're watching the broadcast uh, is is going to do wonders for anybody, especially if they are, you know, they come straight from a NASCAR thing. And it's the first sim race they've ever seen. They're going to look at that and be like, wow, this is this is high tech. This is pretty cool. Yeah, I think at Homestead, they realized we definitely need cameras at the end when Zach uh, was so emotional after he won. And it really puts a human touch to it. And I'm really glad that they did that. Uh, let's kind of shift gears uh, to Coke again. Uh, Steve Myers, a long time ago on Twitter, and well, not a long time ago, October 21st, he said, if Coke comes on board to sponsor our NASCAR series... I will have the guys pull it out of the vault and spruce it up. And he was referring to the fictional Coca-Cola Speedway, a three-mile, 36-degree banked uh, fictional racetrack that they run. Super Speedway. That they run opposite of normal, uh, counterclockwise. And uh, do you guys remember this from the day? Yeah, the, the other one. Okay, sorry. I remember racing this a long time ago. I think it's unrestricted, too. So you're going like... 230 240 easy i bet you they restrict it but it would be a good track to run like it's it's an awesome track it might be, the be good for the old cot car <clears throat> it'll be the all-star race this year <laughs> so check the link there's a video i found of it and uh look at how wide the banking is and how steep it is uh it's gonna be a blast uh unbelievable but uh yeah and so anyway steve myers this week he uh, posted up a photo of his computer monitor where he actually has a rendering of it in iRacing that they're working on. So uh, we're going to get a new track. That's because that's the first fictional track too. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is this the first fictional track and is everyone okay with that? I think I am. I would say so because it kind of goes back to their history. It's a, although it is a, a, a fictional track, it's something that goes all the way back to NR 2003. So I think it's kind of a, need a nod to where they came from to where they are today i don't think they have to go out and scan it at least yeah i was gonna say it makes laser scan a lot easier for them and it's not like it's gonna wind up in an official series or anything so carb if you cup. don't want to run it you don't need to worry about it carb cup would be perfect for this well, put it wonder in regular if it'll rotation. be a free track too I can almost promise that it's going to be brought advertised enough to where there's going to it's going to be implemented in some kind of fun series of some sort if, I say, I mean, do you think it'll be named a coca-cola like a series like under coca-cola's name that'd be kind of cool but it, i don't know i'd replace car put it on carb cup and replace monza all right let's get into the clash uh, which was kind of a practice race before the big race it was postponed uh, when they first tried it due to software issues according to kevin bobbitt in the forums uh and then they did run it yesterday uh, boy, when I jumped in the stream, Steve, uh, I think with about lap 18 or so, you were right there. You were in the top three, I think, uh, in a huge pack of three wide, probably eight or nine deep. Uh, tell us about the racing last night. You guys stayed green right up until the end. Yeah, it was good. I mean, uh, you know, in our kind of exhibition that we ran the, the night before, it was, uh, in my, I was able to kind of employed two different strategies the the race of four i kind of hung out in the back and i went right about halfway and 
sure enough, there was a, a wreck right as I started going. So I was collected in, in the wreck in the first one. And then last night, I kind of tried something else. I laid a qualifying lap down. I started towards that. I started second or so. And I ran up front for the first 10 laps or so. And I was in the mix and just got a feel for the car up front. I wanted to monitor how the how the tape affected had if it would heat up more stuff like that so um it was good it it ran well for 49 laps we were pretty much three wide and you know green flag pit stops for everybody and we all obviously like like uh, you guys saw it turned out to be a pretty interesting finish yeah balak ray uh was in, at the front and he got shuffled uh, as everyone started pushing i mean it was like the white flag came out everyone lost their minds everyone was just pushing everybody you know, even if you were third or fourth or fifth in line, uh, everybody's pushing. It was just crazy. And so Malik just kind of got shuffled off to the right against the wall. He just barely got it. And then he got into the guy next to him. And then that guy got into the middle lane and boom, it was on. And uh, John Gorlinski, uh, he hit the wall twice hard as he was uh, trying to get through there. But he was the only one that was able to kind of keep it rolling there and made it to the line while the field laid in a pile of rubble back in turn four. Chandler uh, got second, Zelensky third. I wonder, right when I'm watching that, I, all I picture is uh, the interview with Tony Stewart when he said that they didn't wreck enough cars the one year, so they got to go back out on the track and wreck some more. That's all I pictured after seeing that. That was like every car. Yeah, it was quite a, a wreck that happened, and you kind of knew it was coming when they started pushing. But uh, John put up his uh, onboard, and it was pretty interesting. But uh, Logan Clampett, uh, he also did a, a pretty cool onboard, guys, where he kind of mixed it uh, with an old race, an old stock car race with Tom Cruise saying, uh, keep in the gas, you can make it through the smoke or whatever. Days of thunder. Right. But, uh, yeah, he pulled one of those moves. Uh, what did you see from your uh, seat there, Steve? Uh, well, I actually, I posted my view off my stream on my Twitter too. And, uh, going through turn two, after we took the white flag, going through one and two, I didn't realize it at the time. Cause I was, you know, in the moment, um, Gorlinski was the one pushing me. He was the one right behind me. And I, I said, um, I said on my stream, I said out loud, uh, I'm going to back off some, I have a feeling something's going to happen. So I left, uh, that extra one or two car lengths between the car in front of me and myself because I I was already on the inside. So if I saw something break out and I saw daylight, I was pretty much just going to crank it left through the grass and try to miss everything. So when that all started, uh, I think Gorlinski and I both saw the same hole and we shot the same gap. And there was another car going through the hole that we did. There was another car in between us. So it was Gorlinski, another car, and then myself, we all got through that hole, but I was all the way to the right out of the three cars that were all together. And I got shot towards the wall and Gorlinski was able to keep going straight. So we both had the same idea, but I was just, I was, I was donating fenders just like everybody else. So luckily I, I just kind of got going faster than anybody else. And I think I finished sixth or so, but it's to be expected. That was an, that was a really awesome race. The way the way it all played out, the way every the pack pretty much formed back, and uh, I mean, if there was going to be a big wreck, that's when you want 
it to happen, right? The very, very last lap, all the racing's out of the way because if it would have happened at halfway, kind of, you know, you guys see it in real life too. Big wreck happens at halfway. You kind of want to tune out, right? Yeah, and we got to see uh, for the first time the new graphics package uh, for this year that iRacing is going to use with you guys. And I, it is bomb. I mean, I love the side scoring along the left side. You can see the top 16 uh, easily and see where, you know, people are running. Uh, the cameras, of course, on the driver's faces was great, especially for the interviews post-race. Uh, there were issues with connection, uh, lots of lag. Uh, at first, for me, it was just kind of choppy audio, like the picture was okay, but the audio was choppy. But then later, towards the end, it was like the entire thing would cut out for seconds at a time. Uh, Adam, I think you were having problems with Yeah, I was having some sound problems with it. I watched about half of it to bed. I could... See, mine must have been weird. I was having issues with the video cutting out the whole race through the whole stream. Yeah, and we weren't the only ones. If you looked in the chat, um, everybody was reporting the same thing. Um, so they definitely have some issue there that they need to work on. I don't know what it is. A big part of that is they iRacing HQ, uh, where they work out of, uh, recently moved to a new location and they're, they're getting everything squared away and they're putting so much more work and they, they have a, a full on production. I, I think one of the guys in iRacing I, I, HQ posted a picture of the, the office they're working out of with, I mean, there had to have been 15 screens. It, it looks like, you know, a news station. Um, it's just the full deal. So having, having all that, um, from being a streamer myself, it's, it's hard enough to get it running smooth with one computer or two computers. So to have, to have 10 different computers sending data in order to stream at a high quality, um, you know, the tests like this, what we did last night and the night before where we had to postpone it, uh, it's, it's necessary because you don't want, you know, you don't want to go into the first broadcast to say national television to be that, you know, so it was expected. It's going to look really, really good once they fine tune it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. And like I said, the graphics package bomb and they got great animation. I mean, it really looks professional, like it should belong on television and um, and well done. So anyway, uh, next up earlier today, uh, Novak, our champion, he did post up his uh, new paint job. Uh, Sunoco uh, fuel, and uh, it's kind of an old school look to it. I love it. It's, it's kind like of like blue old, with a bright yellow. It's the old, uh, uh, who is it? Um, Fuller. Who was the driver? His last name was Fuller back in the day. Jeff, Jeff Fuller? Jeff Fuller, yeah. He, uh, that's, the, that's his old paint job. It, look, it reminds me of. Yeah. So well done. Uh, he's got him a sponsor there. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, Adam, tell us about the podium, Daytona 500. All right. So Thursday night, Justin Knobloch won the Xfinity race, and um, Brandon Holder finished second, and Robert by a bumper. Robert Varmwald finished fourth. Aaron Smith, the second, finished third, and Brent Keith finished fifth. Uh, let's see here. Saturday, me and Bobby both got wrecked out in heat races, um, both running to transfer spots. Uh, unfortunate events. Bobby had nowhere to go, and then I got taken out by a guy just not paying attention. He later apologized. Um, Dalton Mobley, he advanced to a last chance race, and he got in a racing incident and taken out. So, rough day for Tafosi. Nobody made the big event. Saturday, yeah. um, 
the timed event Saturday were plagued by time problems as they were set for 30 minutes instead of 30 laps. So it was causing some problems on restarts at the end of the race, and the race should have been over, and it would go green for about 200 yards, affecting the end of the finish. Yeah, it was kind of an odd situation where uh, in these races, which are the qualifying races to get into the big race Sunday, um, they had this running out of time. They didn't make them long enough. And so uh, as they approached the end of the race, they weren't sure if it was going to be naturally run out of the normal amount of laps or is it going to be a timed race. And so when the checker did come out uh, in one of the races, apparently race control told the drivers, keep going, keep going, go another lap. And then some of the drivers kept racing and they raced another lap and others didn't. And that obviously ruffled some feathers where some people made it in and some people didn't and that kind of thing. There were complaints about, oh, you know, we paid money to get into this race and and we got swindled because uh, nobody knows about the timed event and, you know, all this stuff. So there was a little bit of drama. Um, I think, yeah. It happens, uh, you know, would have been better if they had not made these, uh, the time a, a situation had extended it. Yeah, it would have been better, but it's an honest mistake when you're trying to, you know, put these races together. Uh, they probably didn't plan, you know, think about it or something like that. It's, it's such a big event. It's hard to get every single little detail, right? Something, something's got to be wrong at some point. I mean, even look at the broadcast last night. It had some, it had some glitching issues and these guys uh, they're putting on their own event and it's a lot of logistics 11 hours of racing saturday and multiple broadcast the broadcast was continuous too with multiple teams of broadcasters uh, switching in and out well and you got to realize these guys do have you know this isn't their life too right this is a hobby so mm -hmm. this you know they put a time limit on it so that they knew you know they were going to be um you know, they were coming up so that they could fit everything in and they knew what they were going to be done by. You know, if you just put leave it out there, they could be done one or two o'clock in the morning if they weren't careful. The mistake is, is telling the drivers to do something besides what iRacing official is saying. They just need to stay, stay set back from that and don't do any adminning and just let iRacing. And that's the only way to make these leagues work. And then Sunday, Daniel Eberhardt won the 500. Honorable mention was Brent. He actually Daniel won a thousand dollars and a sim rig, and honorable mention is Brent McCoy, former teammate, was the only non-pro in the top ten for most of the race. He was second on the final restart, but the pro shuffled him out. Well done. Make bitten. <laughs> well, Brent, yeah, I gotta, you know, I don't really like the way he left this team, but I gotta, you know, commend him as a driver um, for a long time during that race. He was the only guy with all the, the peak drivers in the top 10. And uh, and he doesn't have the I rating that they do. And so that does honor, it does need an honorable mention. And to be there running second on the final restart of the race, really in position to win, um, you know, good job. I mean, and, and it was pretty obvious he was going to get shuffled. Those uh, guys, those pros are used to wor working together. Um, they were all doing the whole pushing thing where everybody's pushing each other and, uh, whoever's in front usually gets shuffled. We kind of saw that last night with Malik Ray. It was the same thing that happened to Brent McCoy, actually, that happened to Malik Ray. Yeah. If you're it's the awesome. new guy, you get, you get the, uh, you get the boot if you're the new guy. <laughs> right. But also the damage though, that he had from his earlier incident didn't help because it made his car easier to hit. Um, I ran into that when I was running the running that Talladega race. It, depending on how the car in front of you is behaving, 
would affect whether or not it liked getting pushed or not. Cause I was able to push one guy for, for 30 laps. And then it, it just looked like when it, when the hit happened, it just looked like a push gone wrong. Uh, and it might've had something to do with the damage on the front, actually slowing him down just a little. All right. So congrats to Daniel Eberhardt. We actually reached out to him to get him on the show. Uh, we're having some scheduling, uh, trying to figure out if we can get him on, but we're going to try and so we'll get him on and to ask him about it. Greg, what's next? So Tyler Hudson decided to, uh, I think it was just going on again about just letting everybody know in the NAS that uh, the stop and go penalty will be after 14 incidents in the NAS season. So I guess there's going to be, you get one at 14 incidents and then another stop and go at 22. And then there's a disqualification after 27 uh, incidents. So you've, we've got a little bit of an increase in incidents per race, but now you got you know, 14 is a pretty quick way to accumulate uh, to get a first stop and go. Um, he really liked how I guess this how it worked at the Daytona 24-hour event. So um, they're try, you know, they, they're hoping to see how that this goes with the NIS. How's this going to work at Martinsville? Is my question. Right, everybody. I mean, that's 80% of the field probably will have 14 incidents by three-quarter mark of that race. You know, I, I think what it's going to do is. You're going to have, you know, someone like, you know, I don't know if there's anybody here, but anyone that pays attention to not, you know, getting involved in incidents or things like that might benefit from getting an extra five or 10 positions, you know, in, in races like that. Like it could really come down to it, like a 14 incidents, you know, that's, that's nothing to get a drive through. And if you're getting a drive through at, well, if you get a drive through at Daytona or Talladega, you're, you're screwed. If you're out the draft, you're done. It's um, definitely going to change the strategy at Martinsville, for sure. I just wonder, it's probably going to be rough at the start, but I'm sure once we get midway through the season, everybody's going to know and drive accordingly. Um, I know the safety rating on the roadside seems to be more after people cut in the course than it is incidents, as far as on-track bumping and wrecking. We don't have off-course incidents the same way in Oval Series, so having this lower number, I think, should hopefully help people be more cognizant of what's going on around them and not wanting to get that uh that uh drive through or stop and go um i think the only thing about this is i think we're going to start seeing a lot of posts of 4x incidents where it's just part of the way the damage model is now because like we don't bump. get two x's anymore a 4X. Yeah. so i think midway through the season i'm sure we'll uh we'll all start driving accordingly and i think it'll be fine but uh those incidents hopefully iRacing addresses and we could go back to having 2x car contacts because right now it's either zero or four um and not every 4x out there warrants a 4x now this is the only series like steve they don't do they they don't have it in the in the coca-cola one now do they do they talked about anything like that um i think with that series see a lot of this all all comes down to the fact that there are so many races all the time there's so many official races all the time it is impossible to have in-race officials and the best way to police any racing series especially any sim race is to have in-race officials in my opinion um the best way to figure out how to police some of this stuff is to have some kind of system in place which is it gets tweaked every every season basically uh in our series i think i think i guess it's something i should know right i think we're going to have a little bit more um it's going to be more policed by an official that's there 
yeah. which it's which not going to be like this automated automated program thing where if we we get a certain amount um that being said there were some changes to our stuff to you know that series's rules also so there might be something in place now where we get a we get a pass through we get a stop and go so like i said it's something that I'll, I'll probably have to uh open the book up and make sure i highlight that yeah this is nis only at this point i don't think i'm a fan of it personally um i don't think if nascar isn't doing is doing it then why you know why are we doing it kind of thing and so um i understand there has to be a limit at some point i think it worked fine the way it was um, I think personally, I usually get more incidents than most. So this is going to affect me negatively. I'm going to be the guy getting a stop and go probably, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, the trick, I think the strategy is going to change. You're not going to be, have to be able to erase as aggressive as normal because you, you got to stay under that 14. That's going to be the goal. Every race is don't get that 14. So this would have been. This is a lot harder goal now with the way the racing's changed, right? Like it's it's harder yeah. to keep those incidents down because of the way that they've tightened everything up. Back in back when we were, you know, working with cars that had all the horsepower and no downforce, it you know the the incidents weren't as bad, and, and I could see that this being put, uh, you know, a good idea. I think it's just something they're trying. They they're trying anything to. They got so many members now too that they got to figure out. They can't have. They got to penalize these some of these people that, you know, are just coming in and 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 under, and not, you know, not paying attention to it or getting used to it. And, and maybe this is their way of, it actually works. Maybe it won't. My fear is if somebody out there is fast but a little crazy, um, gets a 14x, gets a stop and go, is now in the back of the field, driving like an idiot again, ruining other people's races to get to that 22. I just feel like there are going to be a small handful of people who are going to get penalized and just go crazy and ruin other people's races is kind of my fear of um, what's going to happen at that level. But I'm good with anything that makes people really think about making bad decisions on the track. Cause right now we don't, we're not going to get hurt. We're not tearing up equipment. Um, I think the way the safety rating system is, I think people know how to game it and don't truly care what their rating is. And so if you're going to lose positions and get disqualified and, hopefully that's enough of a deterrent um we all race we all know stuff happens basically right now that's four four x contacts is what it's going to take to hit 14x um so you can only get three <laughs> yeah and i still think personally i still think that might be a little high if incidents recorded i think the way they should right now you could get a 4x just by just slightly getting too close to a guy so i think having the that's 14x gives a little bit of leeway there um I would say I really think this is going to improve NIS, and it's something I'm really looking forward to because I feel like races should be split based off safety rating um, versus I rating to motivate people to keep it clean. I think this does the same thing, but still keeps people in competitive fields across the board. So I think this is a, a great option. Now to go with this, um, obviously some more NIS news. Uh, two quick things here. Um, the NIS schedules for fixed and open are staying the same same time slots um, around the board. Everything's the same from last year, so that's good. There's not any anything new that we're being thrown at there, any new change of date. So, uh, Mike, you're still going to miss that one race when the time changes and yep. like that. Um, also, they announced that Martinsville night race has been confirmed for – that's a fall race, right? Um, 
so hopefully they'll have the lights and stuff set up for that by the time uh, um, we get to that point they're talking about. Yeah, so lights are coming for Martinsville for sure for that. All right, Tony Groves, we got a launch, the NASCAR AI. Yeah, well, we just had the, the update, which no surprise now, but it brought um, AI to the oval track. It's just a soft launch, so it's only Daytona and Talladega, but um, the timing couldn't be more perfect. And unfortunately, I have yet to try that out. I just have not had time, but I'm hoping to jump on. But lots of our teammates and stuff have been doing her up and having a lot of fun with it. Um, and uh, with a lot of the posts on the forums, um, looks like a lot of other people are having fun. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, they started with a video, a teaser video, before they rolled it out, um, showing some, you know, in-car camera of how the... The cars move around, switching lanes, uh, leave you hang out to dry, that kind of stuff. And so it was interesting to just get a, t a taste of it before they launch. Yeah, well, now that it's launched, you've been on and messed around with this, have you not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I and, like it. Okay, so is it just like the video there? Are you getting left out to dry and, um, you know, they moving around and not just following a single line? Yeah, yeah. There's some things that are kind of unrealistic. Uh First of all, coming off hit road to get up behind the pace car, they're abnormally fast. I mean, I go as fast as I can from first, second, third gear, and they just leave me in the dust. And so they're going like spaceman fast to catch the pace car there that's very abnormal. I don't know what that's about. But when they're lined up in a pack, three wide, eight deep, they, they hold their line so perfectly. They don't buff it around like regular people, um, you know, and, and they're, it's almost too perfect. But it's fun. If you go lower the, the driver's strength a little bit uh, from 100%, uh, you can actually kind of force things and kind of push a little bit. And, uh, and, and they give room. You know, if you get up against them, they'll move into the next lane. Um, so it's interesting. Well... Yeah, so it sounds like it's not without its faults. I think we all kind of expected that, but, um, you know, when they roll it out fully, maybe they can address some of those those issues there. Now, also in the patch with the AI was, um, and they say the most underrated thing in that hotfix was the new caution where do not count caution. Uh, so that's for the dirt guys that they've been asking for uh, since day one. Um, so that was a massive race control project for them, said Tony Gardner. Um, they're not going to be using that feature in official races uh, until next season. However, it is in hosted uh, to use now. Yeah, and then there was also um, the BMW 12.0 fixed challenge temporarily disabled. I guess they were having some uh, issues with that. Yeah, so what happened is the the hot fix they put out with the do not count cautions broke race control for any racetracks that had a different start and finish line that were not in the same place. And so they had to actually turn off every series that had a track like that. Oh, no kidding. I didn't read that far into it. Uh, that's that's crazy. I figured they would have... So you can do the um, the laps do not count in any race. You can do them in hosted, but when they rolled it out, it somehow broke that other thing. But um, they since have fixed that. Okay, so short tracks. Um, they also added the, uh, well, Trading Paints added the ability to add custom number paints to the AI, AI car sets. 
Um, so for example, you could race against 30 other Dale Jr. cars with the correct 8 or 88 on the side. And they also uh, gave us, um, says run, run with the, run with the cup boys. So they got uh, paints for all the, all the cup cars ready to go throw them into your AI and um, rock and roll. You can wreck Logano all day long. It'd be a fun time. Yeah. So this is what, uh, this is the collection. So when you go on tradingpaints.com, uh, you can find collections. And I found a collection from Jonathan Flournoy called the 2019 NASCAR Cup Series. And he has a paint job and a, and a driver for all 40 of them. And what you do is you just add this to your trading paints as a collection that you want. Then when you run the AI and you're setting up the race, there's a drop down where you can pick the styling, I think it's called, and you pick this thing from trading paints that you they selected. And so when I get into the AI race, I'm racing Kurt Busch, Landon Castle, Brad Keselowski, Daniel Hemrick, Ryan Newman, Kevin Harvick, and so on with their respective paint jobs and their numbers. And so it's pretty darn cool, actually, to race those guys because, you know, you're like, oh, I'm coming up on on Newman. You know, I'm going to push Newman or, or whatever. And it's kind of interesting because you can identify them either the paint job. Well, and they also, I just looking through here to see the update. They just... Someone already has made the uh, 2020 Bush Clash uh, class paints for uh, this weekend's race, and they just announced all those cars, so someone's been on it pretty quick. Well, what if you just wanted to race uh, Greg Biffle and, you know, maybe race like 30 Greg Biffles? I guess you can do that, too. Somebody's already uh, made a video of them uh, doing just that. It's actually quite comical. That's too many Biffles. <laughs> too many biffles yeah it kind of reminds me of the homer simpson it's kind of interesting to see it you know you might even say it was biffling get out now look at the dale jr's response on twitter to trading paints thing about the eight and the 88 on all the cars it's kind of funny it's just a picture of him kind of going huh like he doesn't understand that's how he spent most of his career isn't it in a haze yeah but uh, I've had fun with it, and I definitely recommend the collection thing from Trading Paints. It makes a huge difference, guys, in what you see out on track, and it really does enhance the experience. So definitely go get a collection, and then go and make sure you pick that when you set up the race when you do the AI. Okay, next up, I have a AI calculator version 5 in Excel that somebody put on the forums, a Scott Hunsinger. And uh, what they're using this Excel for is... You open it and you put in uh, your AI strength of the field that you that you select, and then it calculates based on what track you're on the potential race lap times of that of that field. Um, so if you're running like a 102, you know at the at the Lime Rock or whatever, you know you'll see all the other AI. If you move the slider to a certain point, that they'll be at 101s or 100 10s or whatever. It's that kind of thing. So if you really want to get into it, where you're trying to get the field to match you, uh, this is a good way to kind of line that up. Okay, uh, Chris, we had somebody having breakfast. Yeah, so iRacing uh, posted up a question with a video asking how many uh, people got fed during the, the Daytona 24. We got fed breakfast that morning, and that's exactly what the video is. It's, uh, this guy's streaming 
And his wife brings him a croissant and feeds him while he's racing. He said he even had some coffee that was a little out of reach. His dog's in the background there to clean up the mess if he drops it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they always follow the food, don't they? Yeah, uh, he's going to make another appearance soon uh, in one of our other topics as well. Well, now this was done during the 24-hour, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, guy's got to eat. He's probably one of those guys trying to do the full 24 hours by himself. Well, it looks like he's having, his car is in a rough shape from the 24-hour race, too. Yeah, don't eat and drive. Now, this next one got me laughing. And I hope Steve knows who this guy is. He's been around a long time, too. John Adams. And he put up a video. It's a recreation of a video he did back 10 years ago in 2010. And uh, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, the only way I can describe it is kind of a, a redneck eye racer drinking Miller Lite with sunglasses on kind of hillbilly guy. That's John Adams. Did I describe him right? Yeah, that's him. Okay. <laughs> and he's probably proud of that label. You could have started with that sentence. Okay. I just like how he takes his wheel everywhere he goes. Yeah, I mean, some of it's hilarious. Like, he's got his G27, and he takes it when he's barbecuing, and he takes it in his truck, and he's taking it, you know, oh, yeah, it's hilarious. He's, and when he's, he's, shifting, he's a funny guy. The, the shifting is hilarious, making the sound effects with it. And then he's like, you ain't going to make pro. You ain't going to make pro. You know, and he's he, just mouthing off and saying different things. And anyway, if you want to laugh, Go find John Adams. Uh, hilarious. This is how I picture Chris Scales in most days. That's what I was thinking. But uh, yeah, that was funny. I had to laugh pretty hard. And I didn't realize he had a. it was a recreation of an earlier video. Uh, but when you look at the forum thread, they, they, they do give a link to the previous video he did 10 years ago. And so if you watch both of them, it, it, they're kind of the same. Uh, and he kind of just did a recreation. So it was uh, pretty funny. He's been around for a while too, John Adams. He was also, he's been in the top when it was called the Drivers World Championship. He was, I've raced with him in that. So he's he's been around for a minute. Yeah, he called it My New Haircut is the name of it. So check that out. It's funny as can be. All right, Chris, we got the not top 10. Yeah, another good video if you want to smile for four minutes. But the uh, iRacing's uh, not top 10 for January. It was a good one. And not just uh, some of the the funny stuff they have on there, but some of the titles that they use for them. Like um, Luke Downing almost, killed, almost the killed the man. Yeah. There's a lot of parking videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a guy. Yeah, um, and then the guy that pulls the, the Austin Powers where you, he gets the car between the two walls where you can't back it up or move forward it's like, like they call it the Austin stuck powers. In there. <laughs> yeah. but yeah there's some there's some really good ones in there and uh i think number one was a guy that took out a, the staff car during the 24 he fell asleep apparently yeah he it just says racing staff team members get taken out by a guy who fell asleep <laughs> he went hard left right into a that is crazy what about number two i think the uh, conti fake is pretty good Oh, he fakes pit road, and when the guy behind him ends up in the barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty funny video. Uh, very good. All right, David, how do you win the iRacing Daytona 24 hours? Yeah, don't get wrecked. Is that what you said? So not what we did. Not what we did, no. That's pretty much what, I mean, that's part of it. There, there's a nice video on here that you can watch. I gave it a watch earlier in the week. Uh, and the, you have to kind of, it talks about prepping for the 24 and... We talked about how busy the servers were, 
we were talking about it back in December, planning when we were going to run. Uh, we set up the schedule. Several people were, you know, taking all kind, taking all kinds of laps. Other people weren't. Uh, so you have to plan. You have to get together a crew uh, that that you can trust. You have to kind of plan who's going to drive when. You got to have people who you know are going to wake up on time. Uh, there's a lot of things that they cover. It is a good watch, and it's it's not too terribly long. So, uh, not a whole lot of surprises, but it's a, it's a nice, good, concise explanation of what goes into planning for an event like this. Yeah, pretty neat article on the-race.com, and uh, it it covers Max Binicky, uh, who happens to have the highest I rating on road, and uh, how they got a, their win. One thing that I kind of jumped out to me when they were talking about strategy was uh, they had to double stint tires every single time. And if they were dismiss it just once, they give up 30 seconds, you know, and so they purposely don't do that. And so I think we were kind of fudging that ourselves a little bit. Like I would only run one stint and then give it up. But uh, boy, when you're running for the win in these top splits, you, you can't be doing stuff like that. Yeah, and it was an article. It wasn't a video. My, you know, I've watched so many videos and articles. They all do all start to blur together. But that was one of the things that they noted is that double standing and even triple standing. And uh, we even looked into triple standing a couple of times. Um, it's in, it's it's interesting at their level. It it's a bigger difference. I think it. You have to kind of go do the math with whatever level drivers you have and see whether or not you get those thirty seconds back over a stint or not. Uh, because if, if you end up being so much slower that you lose a minute over the stint, might as well take the tires. be a preparation thing. All right, let's keep moving. Adam, an update on that law enforcement benefit race. Oh, uh, where is it here? I'm on the wrong thing here. My. Sorry, I'm oh, lost. <laughs> I'll hop in real quick because actually I think um, they had this race last weekend. OBRL. Uh, February yeah, 1st. Yep, uh, a bunch of the guys, uh, a bunch of the old OBRL guys run this. I think uh, half the half the field was those guys, but um, if I'm not mistaken, Dan Burkoff um won the race. I didn't get to make it. I had to work. It's unfortunate, because I think they said that uh, there's a couple thousand guys that watch this race. Cause I think they do the 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 run before this event, and then uh, we had a couple guys from the OBRL broadcasting it. I think those those guys from the run, you know, they sit and watch the race. So definitely have to try to get make it next year if I'm not working. And Mike, you got to thank you on there for uh, announcing it on here. Yeah, we helped uh, get them to fill the room, uh, get some donations over there. We got a shout out from those guys. Uh, the guy putting it on is host over at Burning Rubber Radio. Uh, and they actually had the uh, Steve Thompson from OBRL on their podcast uh, today uh, talking about this event. And uh, it sounded like it went really well. So I'm glad to help those guys. I heard a rumor that Jeffrey and Bobby Earnhardt raced in it, but I don't know if that's true because that came out of Steve's mouth, and he <laughs> just you never know. He's trying to, yeah. His o, and by the way, OBRL they're about to start up again their big season. So if you guys want to get a great league, uh, hook go to OBRL dot net and hook up with Steve. Yeah, excited I think I might be a young race there. <laughs> yeah, you got to be thirty five or older. Yeah, it's pretty good for retirement. But yeah, it's really good racing. They're moving their Xfinity league to friday so i'll actually get a race that again so super excited for next week you mean you'll actually race yeah no kidding tell us about this video chris i've never seen anything like this and i think we thought we saw everything 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what car this is. It's a Road Road America. David, you probably know the car, but this guy, he's just trying to. He clips the grass and he's just trying to save the it's car. Mercedes. And then he, is it, yeah, so the Mercedes. And he clips the wall, and it flips up on its nose and and just spins like a. I wouldn't even say it like a top. It's more like a centrifuge of things going so fast, and it it doesn't stop for probably more. It doesn't than a slow down. I hope he's not in VR. Yeah, right. I don't think I wish he would have showed an in-car camera is what I was thinking, but at the same time, I bet it wouldn't render that fast. I bet it would either just crash the sim, or it wouldn't. It just wouldn't render at all. It'd be too quick. I mean, it's spinning fast. I mean, like a a rotation in a millisecond kind of fast. I would love to see what the coding that caused that did, why it did, because it starts jumping up and down and then back and forth across the track. Kind of <laughs> like a, a tornado. Especially like one of those flight sim motion rigs. Oh, man. It's like a tornado is what it reminds me <laughs> of. I wanted the other cars to come around and we'll have to avoid it. Probably send it into space if something hit it. I mean, every once in a while, you can just find a really weird bug. I was I, I hosted a race the other night for the majors and turned and did an experiment and tried damage off and got caught in an accident. And it actually knocked the in an invulnerable car. It actually knocked the wheel up in the air. So when the crew pitted, they were doing the aerial pit thing and everything. And it was supposed to be damage off, but the car wouldn't go over 150. Weird. All right, let's keep moving. Nick, another new oval track. Yes. And we lost Nick. This is oh, uh, when I hit the uh, hotkey button. There it? you are. <laughs> uh, but it looks like Steve Myers has confirmed we will be getting Rockingham UK Speedway from England coming to iRacing. Uh, it looks like he replied to NASCAR Reddit saying, not possibly will be coming up when asked about it. And it's such an awkward shape. Like I know this is a very popular track. It's such an awkward shape. It looks like an Indianapolis with shorter main straightaways. It's almost—it's almost like a four-turn Pocono because they're all different turns. Indian Pocono had a baby. <laughs> but even it has an in like the other thing—it has an infield road course as well. If you look at it, it I does. Can, you know what I could see them doing with it, like which would be a, a good idea. They need to incorporate the dirt cars, like not the dirt cars, the uh, rally cars, a track on the inside there too. Like that'd that be a good track for it. Yeah, yeah, it um, looks like it. I'm looking back through their uh, history, and I don't see any history of a rally cross track there, because I thought the same thing. How how big is this track, anyway? Uh, I no think idea. I want to say mile and a half, but I'm not certain. Uh, isn't this the track Zanardi lost his legs at? I think it is. Um, when Cart went to Europe that year, they did two ovals in Europe, and this was one of them. And, and what happened is he was coming off pit road um, after a pit stop, and there's a a pit road lane thing and he was going too fast and hit the grass and it slid up in the track and got t-boned so the oval size 1.5 yeah actually the road course looks like an interesting road course as well this kind of really resembles like even on the road course side it almost resembles indy it's like if indy and uh pocono had a baby it's uh it's like kind of weird said that already oval oh sorry <laughs> All right, we're going to skip that one. We already talked about it, but uh, that was a race control problem. And go right into this one called Quit Messing with LODs. And LOD is dynamic LOD spacing. And uh, it has to do with how fast the cubes are drawn that are far away from you. Uh, so if the cars are off in the distance, are they look like little boxy cars kind of thing uh, cubes or are they properly drawn down to detail that's what it's talking about but they made an adjustment to that to help some 
people with VR with lower computers and uh, anybody have input on this? It's a little over my head. I think but, it's over all our heads. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. So apparently you can turn it off by going in the D renderer DX11 INAI. And there's a thing called dynamic LOD spacing to zero um, by turning, that'll turn it back off. So if you've had some kind of uh, change to how things look, you might be wanting to look this up. Okay, Will, next up. We got some more oval news. Yeah, we had some adjustments to the track surface for Atlanta. It looks like it's something they were planning to do, but held off because K&N raced there, I believe, a week or two back, and they would have to adjust the setup. Um, they also mentioned Bristol, Bristol and Chicagoland receive NSM updates. Um, do you guys have any ideas? New surface the... model. Nice. So, yeah, it looks like we're uh, getting some updates to the track surfaces. Should be uh, hopefully a big improvement, because I feel like when I first started, Atlanta was super, super slick. They added a bunch of grip to it, so I'm wondering if they took some more grip away. Well, yeah, it says there in the first sentence, they're reducing the grip. So they did that at Atlanta, and then they we're getting the new uh, surface model for Bristol and Chicagoland. So, uh, so that's new. And uh, speaking of grip, you know what a lot of drivers, particularly with the V7 tires, like to do to try to increase the grip during qualifying? Cheat. <laughs> Pretty much. So we got a little timeline here that we're going to talk about with a controversial, for some people, issue that's come out recently. Uh, around December 3rd, we had the quarterly build come out with the V7 tire on the Porsche 911 Cup car. Uh, around tw the 21st, it was posted that they're working to improve the tire model, but as they progress through it, um, they're going to basically make it so that use a little common sense and if you're actually trying to make forward progress on the track but you're using tactics while making the forward progress that to warm your tires that is going to be okay what's not going to be okay is doing donuts or putting your nose against the wall to do a burnout or any other tactic that sees you not making forward progress and this can be protested and will result in the minimum disqualification from the Porsche esports cup series and a one-week suspension. Then, most recently on the 4th, there was a clarification posted. Slowing your forward momentum so that you can continually do burnouts around the track is not okay. Holding your brakes to do extended burnouts is not allowed. And then there was a small number of drivers two days later that were suspended for using the ta tactics. Um, and not basically, they're going to continue to uphold the rules. Now, this caused a lot of fuss because some people were trying to say that they said one thing and then turned around and did it the other. But the simple fact is, run the qualifying lap. Um, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to play devil ad, devil's advocate, but if you're going six miles an hour, um, you do that at a real track, they're simply not going to let you do it. It's people just trying to see what they can get away with and gain any advantage. But it's, it's simply not in the spirit of the rule. Just use common sense when you're out there. Like, I, I don't understand it. People want to complain because they got caught cheating. It's cheating. Yeah, it's not written in the rule book, but it looks, if it looks like you're cheating, if it looks like something you're not supposed to be doing on the track, it's cheating. Like, if you found a loophole in it, and I know it, you know, it seems like a good idea, but guess what? They found it, you did it, and you got caught. So don't complain about it. So the controversy that came up today on the forums and on Twitter. You know, seven to nine drivers got banned in some way, suspended or something like that. And what was the, the controversy is that initially they said, as long as you're making forward progress, you're okay. So what they started doing after that 
is like you said, they would slow to six mile an hour and then they would burn out again. They would slow to six mile an hour and burn out again, but they never stopped. Right. But, and so people on the forums were up in arms that all these people were getting banned for doing something before they clarified that you couldn't do that. So they clarified it, you know, days later that you couldn't slow down and do that either. And they're saying, oh, well, you're banning them for something that they did before you told them the rule or something like that. But that's not the case. Now, I actually talked to Greg West today. I called iRacing. Uh, basically to congratulate them about the Coke deal uh, and, and say hey to Greg. But he did bring this up to me because it is a big deal. And, and he did, you know, it, it, of course, you know, didn't tell me about who was protested or how many people or anything like that. But he did mention that all of these cases, people that were removed were cut and dry. There was no subjectivity to it at all. These people uh, had come to complete stop kind of situation uh, in, in each case. Uh, and it wasn't like uh, it was somewhere in between or in the gray area or anything like that. And, uh, and a lot of people are making noise about nothing. And so since then, you know, iRacing did post this timeline that David just read uh, to kind of clarify to the, to the people uh, what, what has happened here. Uh, they did clarify in the last sentence here, a small number of drivers have been suspended for using tactics to warm tires that do not maintain forward progress around the track. So that kind of clarifies it wasn't one of those gray areas where they're going slow and then fast or slow and fast. But even though that has now been said, you shouldn't be doing it. So what a mess. Uh, it's kind of an embarrassment for the Porsche drivers and the Porsche series that this is happening. Uh, I am glad that iRacing is uh, standing firm on it. Um, there's no, uh, there should be no uh, gray area here. So, well, really... oh, sorry, sorry just like uh, just like regular racing and trying to exploit that that gray area. Um, this is kind of it's kind of funny. It sucks for the guys that got boot. Um, you know, give somebody a little bit of wiggle room. They're they're gonna they're gonna find a find a way to get her done. There's an easy. I, I don't know. I, I see this maybe an easy fix. To this as soon as you. If they if they want to have it um, kind of solved, because obviously it's they're taking forever to do their first lap, put a time limit on their first lap. Like you have to, you know, say the laps are a minute ten, you got a minute sixteen to get around the track. If not, then it resets you back to the garage or something like that, and you have to go out again. Like maybe there's something they can build in like that so that these things don't happen where people get this opportunity to do these sort of things. Go. Cool, uh... Like speed, uh, once you crack 50 mile an hour, if you drop below, your car blows. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Well, there's I, places on the track where you actually slow down more than that just to make the turn. I want Keanu Reeves in the passenger seat, though. <laughs> it don't work. I'd rather have Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I would say, like, that was advocate for making a system to make this work. I think this really allowed iRacing to look at who their competitors were. Because it wasn't like everybody got banned it was a handful of guys so if they're pushing the limits of the rules that much maybe iRacing just doesn't want them to be part of the championship it's one thing to try to tweak your setup or go for a little uh advantage by clipping a curb a little too much but i feel like iRacing was clear um in their statement and i think when they say maintaining forward momentum i would say that means not overly breaking um 
if you come down to four or five miles an hour, you're damn near stopped um, in one of those cars. So um, I think it would be nice for us to have a system where we don't make these mistakes. But this is the, the top level. Um, I think they should have used a little more common sense. And I think this gives iRacing the ability to go in, look at who's doing what, and picking them out and saying, hey, this you're not up to our stand to be in this championship by the your actions trying to gain an advantage here and uh i think the system's working as intended um it is kind of sad we've i feel like we've talked about this three or four times in the past because they've had to keep clarifying um but it not everybody got banned um i think they know now the only thing i would say is in the future if iRacing could post a video of hey we didn't ban this guy this is why we banned this guy this is why even if you white out their cars and don't put any names on it, just to give clear examples. Um, but I really, I think some, one of you guys said it earlier, it's just common sense. Like what does and does not make sense. If you're stopping or putting the nose against the wall to do a burnout, you're obviously in the wrong. It's pretty, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there, because, you know, in the sporting world, they do that. So like, in you know, I know in hockey, they do that type of thing. So if somebody's getting suspended they, you know, they show a, a video of why the suspension happened and give it a detailed explanation. I, I could see that that would be, that would help clarify everything for all these drivers to make sure, especially when it's, you know, there's a lot on the line for these. Yeah, one of the guys, uh, I'm not going to name names, is one of the fast guys. It's one of the guys that was running top four in last season. So There's also an uh, 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 actual real-life driver that got banned too. Yep. And a lot of people saying there's bad officiating going on, and I don't appreciate it. I don't think there is. I think uh, you guys are all spot on. I think iRacing's handling it perfectly well, considering. Well, even like you said, you were talking to uh, you got a, you know on the phone today. He didn't have to give you that information, and he did. I think he d thought that's why I was calling because this was kind of blowing up. But I actually was calling about something else. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, he made it clear to me it wasn't cut. It was very cut and dry on the people that got it, got it, and it wasn't like subjective or or fudgy in any way. And so I believe him. Well, I mean, it's it's quite simple, right? Like real life, if you try to cheat the system, you get caught. You're gonna get punished for it. Um, you know, all jokes aside, the the rules were were quite clear. And you know, it's like you kind of looking at it, you're going, "Come on, really? Like you're gonna." gonna try and pull that like really try to take it to that line um but you you see it in real life that guys that try to do that get caught you got to kind of pay the price for that sucks for them yeah. but it is what it is yeah there's real money on the line and that drives some of this too so all right let's keep moving uh chris we got a, a new league announced uh yeah it looks like it's um started up by anthony alfredo um, don't really have any more details than that that I'm seeing other than he has started this league and it's going to be for uh, aspiring pros. And he did manage to get the at eSports Racing League handle for his Facebook racing group, which, which seems like a pretty good handle with all this stuff blowing up. But yeah, if you're, if you're one of those top guys, it's, it might be worth reaching out to him. eSports Racing League on forums, on uh, Facebook, I mean, is how you find it. And his latest post said, uh, this Saturday for 24 hours, they're hosting a time trial. The top lapse times posted by drivers will be used to set the field for the first season of the series. Uh, more details on structures and events released tomorrow. I'm going to take a try at this. There you go. Yeah, why not? We just had Anthony on the show. He's a great guy. 
um, really involved in sim racing and obviously running Xfinity for uh, Richard Childress this year. So good luck to him and his league. Uh, we'll be watching this closely and, and uh, reporting back to our listeners how it goes. I want to give a quick shout out to a listener, uh, Lee Bowden. Uh, he set up on the forums about us. He said, really enjoyable podcast. These highly re- recommend to anyone who hasn't listened before. Thanks, Lee, for the shout out. Um, we also had Burning Rubber Radio. I mentioned them before. They were involved with that OBRL event. Uh, Andy DeLay and Taylor Burris, they host a show over there, Burning Rubber Radio. They had Ashton Crowder and Logan Clampett on their show today from uh, Burton Kligerman Esports and interviewed them as well as Steve Thompson from the OBRL. And it was interesting to hear from Ashton and Logan uh, about how they met Parker Kligerman, uh, how they got started in iRacing, and they covered a variety of topics uh, so uh, those guys just got on a podcast on iTunes, so check them out. And then I got the next one, too. Uh, we have joined the network that they are on called the Performance Motorsports Network, and we are now in regular rotation there. Um, this is an app that's available on iOS and Android. Um, they play 24 hours a day motorsports talk radio kind of stuff. And uh, we're one of the first esports shows uh, been, that's been invited to be part of their regular rotation. So we're playing seven days a week. I heard it for the first time the other day. Uh, they put up our entire show without interruption. Um, and we're going to get a bunch more listeners. They tell me they get 1.5 million hits per week on this stream. And so that's a big jump, guys, from our current numbers, which are 15,000 downloads in a rolling 90-day period. So we're going to go from that to something probably six digits here in the next couple weeks. So check them out. It is called PerformanceMotorsportsNetwork.com. Big opportunity for us, guys. All right, hardware, software. Greg, you're up with the best wheel money can buy. This is a gorgeous rim. Um, So... Um, over at Sim Gar- uh, Racing Garage, uh, what's the guy's name again? Barry. Uh, Barry. Um, he posted a very, very lengthy YouTube video of the Cube Control Formula CSX2. Um, and man, this <laughs> this is one of the best looking rims on the market. It is the quality and, and everything that you get with this rim. Um, and he goes over it in fine detail. It's a it's a lengthy video. It's an hour and four minutes, but he goes into everything. He tests it. Um, but you know, it's got it's it's got plenty of buttons that you'll need. It's got dual clutches, got shifters. It's got a digital screen. It's or an LCD screen. It, it's whatever you could think of that you'd want in a rim. This rim's got it. I mean, it's got the price tag for it too. Um, but it is a very very good. Uh, Good watch if you got time on your hands. 1,500 euros. Yeah, and it's cubecontrols.com is where you can buy it. And uh, this, like you said, it is top of the line. Uh, We don't see many that cost like this, but, I mean, if you're going to pay 1,500 euros and you're getting this one, I think you're getting your money's worth because it's just high quality. It really does look high quality. There's so many different options on it. The only thing that makes me a little disappointed about any wheel like that is I can't see it. When I'm on a VR. But yeah, you can feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right, next up, uh, Rob Crouch from Australia reminds the forums why Intel is still the best processor out there. He says, iRacing uses at most three cores and only one of them really gets hammered. For iRacing, Intel wins. And that's the truth. I mean, uh, these new uh, chips that are coming out, guys, are great for multi-core and for games that use multi-core. But you got to remember, iRacing is a single-core um, engine, and they don't really use more than one. you got to wonder if that's going to change someday, where they go into, you know, when they if they got to change some stuff here, that it might, you know, benefit them to have it multi-core. You would think at some point they got to redo it to be multi-core, but from my understanding, that's like a complete rewrite. All right, who knows? Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, scales, Dan, Lisa, alternative? Uh, yeah, it's called Sim Racing Points. Uh, SimRacingPoints.com. I didn't install it to try it out to see how it works. Um, I know Dan Lisa's really awesome, so uh, it's just another option. Has anybody used it to know how well it works or how it works? I haven't because it is a paid product. It does cost $10 a month um, or 110 a year. And that gives you support for <laughs> one league. But it looks like a nice page. Uh, when you go to their website, uh, they have quite a bit of uh, information that's similar to what Dan Lisa provides, uh, which is kind of a, a way to provide an alternative scoring for leagues. Like you can set up, you know, playoffs and championships and stuff outside of the iRacing's normal point structure. Pretty clean website. Pretty simple and looks like it's easy to use. All right, check that out. Tony, the DSD Advanced Chassis. Yeah, now we've covered this before in the past. I don't know if... Uh, yeah, we're just repeating it. Okay, did they have the prices and all that other stuff before? I don't remember that, but... It's been around for several years. Uh, once in a while, I'll dig one out from the past, and uh, so we thought we would uh, do this one because we were a little short on hardware. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Um... A much cheaper option than most Derek Spears design stuff, but it doesn't look like it lacks any kind of quality. It's their um, uh, MDF design, and you know they ship it to you in a box with all the all the the parts. You put it all together, um, and it's good for uh, you know you can go the race only option or spend an extra hundred bucks. You get the the race and flight, kind um, of do both there if you want to. Um, everything's all pre-drilled for you. Basically, just mount the stuff the way you like it. Looks like it's got some nice options there to, um, you know, be able to change angles of different pieces and um, very budget friendly. I mean, the the race and flight is uh, three seventy nine uh, US. Well, yes, of course, without the seat, and then um, it's a hundred dollars less for just the the race only option. I mean, I spent probably close to that on my uh, PVC rig. So it's it's it doesn't look to be a, you know too bad of a deal. Um, At a glance, it does look like a lot of the pre-drilling has adjustability, but into built into it because it's not it's not holes; it's like slits, so that you can move the chair and the pedals to to fit your your body size. The only thing I'd be worried about is like the pedal mounts when they have like in a it looks like it's like a knob that you twist to try and move it back and forth, and then you, it tighten it up, you know pressure over time would it wear mdf out i don't know uh, nick weren't you looking for a cheap cockpit i have been it actually looks like something i might have to tear into a little bit further now do they offer the race flight one because i saw that guy spinning around on his top like a top 
I don't see, I don't see it. I don't see the knob you talking about. I'm looking at this. There's actually a 3D tour. You can actually look look all around it. Well, the video 3D rendered. The video shows like the image of the video there shows the knob type that they would use to um, kind of move the pedal assembly up and down. And it I looks love like the that's... colors. That might have been that might have been specific to that particular pedal set. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They got renders with different color schemes where the wood can be like painted you know, bright colors, and that's kind of cool, too. So the iRacers one is the uh, first one there, red, white, and blue? Yeah, red, white, and blue. I like it. And this little 3D render, you can look underneath it and look look inside it at, at all the different angles. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Nick, company review, coolperformance.com. Yeah, this is definitely a simulator I cannot afford, but it is nonetheless very cool. Um, they've got quite a bit of custom here it's designed for a single seater so more catered to the f1 drivers and um that route so maybe it might work from f3 kind of stuff for formula 2000 um but quite a bit here i've been looking at the website for the last couple minutes here and uh kind of overwhelmed what they have they've got i mean it's everything from seating wheels braking shifters frames monitors hardware and software um that they'll tell you it's compatible with and that they um sell so really you can get your full fix right here yeah it's definitely like a high-end one-stop solution for cockpits uh and sim equipment uh where you can buy everything as a package actually i just found their uh driver's testimonial page and they've got drivers like lando norris on here uh jimmy johnson pops up which is kind of surprising i can't find any prices so you know what that means right more than my house right that does kind of look like the one that the stefan does use yeah pretty high-end look too it's not like uh some some uh cheap stuff for sure yeah i bet it's very expensive but actually at a glance it doesn't look that adjustable all right let's keep moving uh we got a message from our listener joe hansen gates he decided to buy the HP JBV pedals, and they finally came in last night, and he sent us some high-resolution photos of those uh, powder blue uh, metal uh, pedals that we've loved uh, ever since they came out. Uh, congratulations, Joe. I I'm sure hope you like them. Jealous. And he said he bought it based on hearing about them on this show. So uh, I hope they live up to expectations. Uh, Joe, let us know so we uh, can tell the listeners uh, what you think after you get them mounted. He doesn't have them mounted yet. So Okay, and then Chris, a DSD electronics overview. Yeah, it's a, a quick YouTube video from um, Derek Spirit, Derek Spirit Designs, kind of showing, um, showing off some of the electronics he uses and some of his components and kind of showing what they are, where they come from, how much they cost. Pretty neat. Yeah, what's available for sale, basically. Yep. And so if you're a DIY, you know, make your own brakes, make your own steering wheel, uh, you need stuff like this. You need a control board to actually make it work. And where are you going to get that? Well, you get it from Derek. So good video just to kind of highlight some of the parts. If you go to later in the video, uh, he actually shows the really cool uh, button. Well, it's like a knob uh, faceplate uh, that you can mount, you know, custom onto whatever box you have. And so he has a, a few different versions of that, and those are pretty sweet too. Yeah, the red one with the two dials at the, the bottom or top. 
really like that one. I need some more dials. Like yeah, if you were making like a custom seven. dash, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, plenty of buttons and dials. Look nice. All right, let's get into results. Uh, I ran a fixed. Why? Well, I'm trying to get my safety rating up a little bit before the 500. And I was just kind of running around the back trying to save some safer safety rating in, in some of those races. But at one point, I was uh, leading the race at Pocono in a fixed. And uh, it was it was so bad with the cautions that we, we found out at the end of the race that we never actually crossed the start finish line under a green flag because of the caution. So we went an entire race without crossing the line with a green flag. Think about that. Like we would take the green on a restart, but we would never get back back to the green, back to the line. Ever. That's not a good sign for the NAS season. I think that's just a product of Pocono. I feel like every season we talk about how bad Pocono is just because how long the caution periods are. I don't know what they got to do, but they need to adjust the tolerance for when they pull a caution out. Um, at that track, I feel like more than other tracks because um, I know my dad was racing there and he complained to me about it. I'm like, yeah, Pocono is just a rough track. I think they just pull the caution out too quick or they need to speed up the pace under caution. Then there's something they need to do because I feel like Pocono is a sore. Um, it definitely stands out compared to a lot of the other NIS tracks. They need to take the pace from the pace car at Martinsville and put it into the Pocono car. Okay, and then Adam, what'd you get this? Um, I got a P1 and a P2 in the Tour Modified at Martinsville. Um, really, really fun this week at that track. Um, I didn't run last week in the Tour Modified, and then back in the SK at Modified, which is a lower-powered Tour Modified at New Smyrna, I pretty much had to build a new setup for this track. Flat track setup wasn't working, and I got a second and a third. All right, nice run. And David, what'd you get, dude? Ran a couple of different things uh, in the winter series. I uh, was running pretty well, kind of running top 10, top, even up into the top seven uh, with the guys at Chicago. It was interesting. I ran right with the lead pack for 20 laps, and then suddenly it just fell off for me more than it did for them. Then when we, we came out on after a caution, felt was feeling good, but the leaders wrecked on the restart. And uh, I had a guy high and a guy low, and it just destroyed the car. Couldn't, but still finished 12th. Because I I had kept her in front when a lot of other people had gotten destroyed. Uh, then I ran a clash for the the Pacific Majors on that Saturday. Uh, that was across all the different regions. I was an outside leader on the final restart, and um, the race started in the middle of the afternoon. I forgot to turn my lights on my apartment off. The Rift S has to be able to see the room to know where your head is, and so we're coming to the the last start, and suddenly the Rift goes black and says. Uh, lost the playing area, and I turned to the right and or and do, and do my best not to hit any of the other cars, but hit the wall. I get it, I get it fixed, not really knowing what's going on, but I was able to. I had to, to basically reset the whole playing area where the floor was and everything, and um, it had had some nose damage, and I don't know if that that or just starting on the outside when on a green white checker didn't cut it, but I did. I uh, ended up coming home fifth. On that one, still felt good to be run up front. It also finished a P6 in an ELM, EILM, EILM, I can't, the, the Endurance Le Mans series. Uh, I ran that one with Kevin O'Keefe and ran into HT, HPD for the first time. All right, Kevin O'Keefe. I haven't heard his name in a while. Um, all right, cool. I ran some AI at Daytona. I actually won uh, 
a couple of those races. I probably need to turn the percentage up another notch. Uh, let's get into final thoughts. Adam, what do you got? Final thoughts. Um, just looking what last uh, off-season week uh, for NIS. Looking forward to it next week. Pretty busy this weekend, so I won't be on, but we'll hit the ground runner next week. Okay, very good. Chris Scales, final thought. Uh, shout out to Josh Sleater. He's a former teammate that stepped away, um, had a new baby, and had to step away from my racing for a bit. And dipping his toe in, coming back, and he made me a new paint for Daytona. So really appreciate that. And um, really excited about the Xfinity cars um, with OBRL next Friday. It's uh, those have always been my favorite cars to drive, and kind of doubly so now with the giant spoiler on the back of the A car. But um, if you like that that car and you're 35 or over, 3500 I rating or under, come out and race with me on Friday nights. Yeah, they're just starting the season. Now is the time to get in, guys. Yeah, and it's uh, a full season for those those guys too. So that runs all year long. It's a it's a long one. And we want Josh back, so tell him to get back in here if he wants. All right, David Hall, final thoughts. Um, apparently, I'm better at selling video cards than you are. You soldiers already? Huh? <laughs> yeah, wow. it's already shipped to Canada. It's uh, the, he's got the tracking number, and um, uh, I was really happy with the price. Actually, I I literally just said, "Give me an offer," and I had him. I had a price in my head that I wouldn't go under, and he was actually well over it. I shouldn't tell him that now, but I've already <laughs> got the money, uh, and it's already on his way. Uh, so yeah, that that is sold, and um, I'm looking forward to. NIS starting back up. Uh, got the Majors Daytona 500 this weekend. I didn't qualify well, so I'm going to have to race in on a duel. All right, let's get it. Greg Hector's final thought. Uh, a couple things. Um, I can't wait to get back to the NIS season. Uh, try out my new rim. I got a bigger oval rim for this season. Um, redid my whole stream the last little week here, getting ready for it. Um, the other thing I was going to say, I have, uh, I know you guys saw it. I designed an iRacers Lounge podcast hat and I was just seeing, get, take some feelers to see if there's any, anybody that is interested. If we started putting a pro, a line out of, uh, iRacers Lounge podcast stuff, if there's any interest in it. So if, let us know and, uh, we'll go from there with it. But I do have, uh, some stuff kind of made up to try, a, try a bit of it. Are they for free? No. Damn it. It looked nice, though, the uh, Irishers Lounge hat. It was bomb. I'll post pictures on the um, our uh, Irishers page, Irishers Lounge page. All right, very good. Nick Williams, final thoughts. Well, I'm just ready for NIS, and I'm ready to make a run at Road to Pro this year and see how this goes. Having a full season with you guys coming up is going to be great. I'm looking forward to working with the team and uh, working with the community. Yeah, we're happy to have you. As a team, we're trying to flush out what we have for setup people, or actually, I should say what we don't have for setup people, but we're working through it, and uh, we're going to have a good time. So uh, Steve Sheehan here is a great uh, example of what can happen when you uh, get into Road to Pro and uh, and what can be the next year, so uh, get it. Tony Groves, final thoughts. Oh, well, we were uh, chatting fantasy leagues on our on our team chat, and we've had one for the last couple of years, which I've uh, kind of dominated, but uh, figured, well, maybe we should have one for the podcast and put it open to, to the public and have the fans come join us. So we have an iRacers podcast, Fantasy League, and we set it up uh, on the NASCAR site using their Fantasy Live. Um, it's 
super simple. They just take care of all the points. You just pick your drivers every week and and rock and roll. So if you wanna wanna join us and try and knock me off my uh, my current two year perch, head over to NASCAR.com, check out Fantasy Live, and search out iRacers Lounge Podcast Fantasy League. Join up and ah, have some uh, fantasy fun. Tony's like a disease. You think you're doing okay, and he just kind of creeps up on you there at the end and murders you. I and think then... I've got some people on my stream right now that might want to do that. All right, let's get it. Let's get that fantasy stuff going, guys. Get involved. Will Gibson, final thoughts? Uh, it's pretty much the same as the rest of the team. NIS next week, so excited for that. Um, Yeah, let's, uh, let's get it. Okay, very good. Steve Sheehan, thank you for coming on. Your final thoughts? Oh, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, this this show, just just like uh, others like it, it's a perfect example of just how far sim racing has come and how far it's going to continue to go. So I, I appreciate you guys and what, what you guys do. You guys cover a lot of content, and I know it's it's really difficult to cover a lot of content the way you guys do. So uh, congrats on a successful show. Uh, I, good luck to you guys. Sounds like all you guys are uh, uh, all, all, you know, racing in your leagues in your series so uh best of luck and um it's uh it's definitely a fun experience so um you know i wish you guys luck and have fun thank you absolutely and uh we're excited to watch you this year race in the coke's uh coca-cola e-nascar racing series uh uh so we'll be watching carefully uh my final thoughts uh shout out to steve sheehan for coming on performance motorsports network also known as PMN Radio, for picking us up, man. What a huge opportunity for this podcast uh, to grow. Um, and so we, we're very thankful to, for, to them. Uh, check them out. We're in regular rotation, seven days a week, guys. Uh, did talk to Greg uh, West from iRacing uh, today uh, to congratulate him on that huge uh, sponsorship. Uh, we're excited to have Coke on board um, and so forth. Um he did also tell me that there are many other exciting things coming in 2020 that we don't know about, and it's going to be a very, very big year, uh, much bigger than 2019 was. And I told him, I'm already blown away with a $300,000 announcement and everything. What more could he possibly be doing? But he uh, he, he was a little sly, and he definitely has uh, some things coming out, so stay tuned for that. Uh, next up, uh, I might sound a little bit different today uh, on the podcast. I did get for my birthday what's called a Yeti Caster. It's a blue microphone, shock mount, and boom arm. It's hanging down in front of my face right now over the center monitor. I decided it was time to upgrade a bit with getting on the new network and everything. I hope you guys can hear me even more clearly than before. So I'm uh, probably not going to use it while I'm racing, though. Uh, next week, our special guest is from the hardware and accessory side of the sport. Judd Danielson from Abruzzi uh, Racing is going to be joining us. Uh, he is a sim racing apparel company, and uh, Judd will be coming on to talk to us. Uh, Greg, you got custom shoes from him, right? Shoes and gloves. Uh, awesome. When he first started uh, making them. All right, so we'll get to talk to him and... Uh, with that, I am confident going into the Daytona 500. I'm going to have limited starts uh, for the week. I just got to survive the early carnage is really my goal. I'm even thinking about starting on pit road. So we'll see. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later.
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.